ladies and gentlemen. This is Three Brothers Talking. This is not a podcast, but a audio blog of something that was written by me, David, and not everything that I write makes its way over to the podcast. Uh, most of it stays just written. So if you have any interest in reading more, uh, go on over to davidappelt.substack.com, and uh, you can also find most of it there at threebrotherstalking.com. Enjoy. Critical Theory, Christianity, and Justice with a capital J. Given almost any odds, I would take the bet that you've heard of critical race theory from somewhere lately. What used to trickle through college lectures is now pouring out in elementary classrooms. It's in corporate team building exercises and commercials. All of a sudden, probably because mainstream news started picking up the topic, you see moms and dads gathering at school board meetings hot under the collar. If it wasn't un- if it was under the radar, it isn't anymore. As with most things that become the topic of the day, the fact that the topic is ubiquitous does not mean that the quality of the conversation on the subject is any good. That means we now have the choice to become one of the people that love or hate critical theory, critical race theory, and intersectionality, um, or CTCRTI, because our tribes love it or hate it. While it may be a reflex, do not make a choice for either of those dumb reasons. Choices that allow you to skip thinking are dumb. Why am I taking the time to write this post? I'm writing this because I do humbly believe that there is a danger here for the church. No, it isn't the danger that is probably yelled about on Fox News. I'm guessing. I haven't watched. This topic is concerning to me as a person and as a pastor because I see two forms of pressure moving people towards adopting the worldview that is critical theory. One pressure is internal, one is external. The internal pressure, I believe, comes from a right desire in faithful Christians to fight for justice in the social sphere that we inhabit. Rightly so, many Christians today are at least slightly fed up with a Christianity that stepped back from the social and political issues, making the kingdom of God some personal thing that is hidden in our hearts and never addresses the things that seem to be horribly wrong around us. Many Christians are fed up with seeing injustice and feeling like they either weren't taught by the church what to do with it, or they feel like there's nothing that the kingdom has to do about it. The bulk of the social political activity that they saw practiced in front of their eyes was boilerplate shallow republicanism, or maybe boilerplate democratism, with a gospelly twist at the end. When the world or your own eyes points out bullet holes in the fabric of the culture, that kind of social political ethic doesn't do much but make you mad. To that anger, I say, Amen. The external pressure comes from the fact that the cultural centers in our society accept and lean into this worldview. CRT is what you will learn in the standard elementary school, high school, college, corporate training sessions, cinema, CD, etc. Because this is the cultural water we are swimming in, and the stream has been flowing for some time, these perspectives do, in fact, color the interactions we have with our neighbors and friends. To say that they don't is just naive. What I'm wanting to argue is simple. In order for Christians to be true agents of justice in our world, we need to believe that the scriptures are sufficient to answer all questions of right and wrong, just and unjust, fair and unfair. To put it plainly, I want to persuade you to care about justice in society, and I want to persuade you that modern critical theory is not sufficient to do that rightly, but God's revelation is. You should care, but not the way your neighbor does. This article is much more of a beginner than a closer. 
Hopefully, it is a push to move us to look more into the topic, study it deeply, and subject everything we study to the right standards. It is good for you to care about justice. This is not in any way an endorsement that we as Christians shouldn't, quote, waste time, unquote, thinking about what justice in our culture or country looks like. Far from it. Christians should care about social justice because God made the social and God defines the justice. Christianity should not be escapism. So, and I know this might sound crazy, Christians should have convictions about justice. God doesn't only care about us acting just personally. He establishes governments and tells them how they ought to conduct themselves. Like Proverbs 11.1, 1, Romans 13.1-7, etc. There are numerous places to look in scripture for truths that give us more details, but the point in this article is that we must accept the truth that God did not leave it up to us to decide what justice is, personally or corporately. He didn't leave it up to the Israelites, the Babylonians, the Romans, the English, or 21st century American intellectuals. He decides justice because any other justice than his is lesser. Any other justice is harm to his creation. It is inescapably a poisoned apple. There is a false dichotomy that floats around today. It says, if you don't accept the tenets of CRT, then you cannot or you do not care about issues of ethnicity and race, governments, just societies, education, etc. It is a fallacious rhetorical maneuver to say that if you don't care about this my way, you don't care about this at all. That maneuver is called a Kafka trap, and it's also called a lie. It is like asking someone, when was it that you stopped beating your wife? Just because plenty of prominent authors and speakers today make their living off of these traps doesn't mean that they aren't traps. It is possible to care about justice issues in our day genuinely without using critical theory, critical race theory, or intersectionality. Just because you don't think CRT is a good tool does not mean that you think that the starving person isn't malnourished. It might just mean you are trying to give the person whole foods and not McDonald's. The Kool-Aid. Lest this post sound like some grumpy old white man yelling because the kids are on his lawn, it bears repeating that the objection to CRT needs to be far more than a political, preferential, or cultural reflex. You need to reject the Kool-Aid because it has a tendency to poison you not because you prefer the grape flavor. The reasons, a different truth of no truth at all. I couldn't try to give an exhaustive list of flaws or issues that come along with the philosophy or metaphysics of critical theory, but I can bring up just a few key issues that I see. See, broadly defined, critical theory is an area of knowledge that originated with the Frankfurt School in the 1930s and has expanded and evolved dramatically since then. It has spawned entire disciplines such as critical race theory, critical pedagogy, and queer theory that is highly influential within the social justice movement. Contemporary or modern critical theory views reality through the lens of power, dividing people into oppressed groups and oppressor groups along various axes like race, class, gender, sexuality, orientation, physical ability, and age. Quote from Neil Shenby. For a better understanding of critical race theory in particular, look at this article from Neil Shenvey that simply quotes from the most prominent authors and books that hold these perspectives. Power replacing truth. One of the most important things to understand about the poison in the apple is the tenet of seeing all things in terms of power and hegemony. This understanding of power is not merely a phenomenon that exists as a layer on top of truth, but it is one that, by function and presupposition, must eventually replace the basis of truth itself. Modern critical theory necessarily says that the idea of truth itself is, in fact, an expression of power, 
not that truth exists in itself. This is where it links up with another central tenet that must be true for critical theory to function, standpoint epistemology. Essentially, this view of truth says that our social location determines our access to knowledge. Obviously, what we experience can give us bias, that part is true, and our lack of experience can give us blind spots, that's also true. However, from the perspective of modern critical theory, these biases are endemic to humanity and the epistemology simultaneously removes the absolute truth that guides, categorizes, challenges, and corrects our biases and blind spots. Christianity gives us an understanding of truth in humanity that affirms that we do not have perfect and complete knowledge, but that there is a truth revealed by God himself that we can know and conform to. This very idea of conforming to an absolute standard is antithetical to the CTCRTI because it holds the presupposition that no such absolute standard can exist or be truly known by humans. We believe that though we will always be battling against the sin-affected pieces of our intellect until glory, the Orthodox Christian Church has always and unequivocally believed that the revelation of God is clear and understandable. This erosion of truth is the central reason that critical theory is not a worldview or even a set of analytical tools, no matter what the Southern Baptists say, that can coincide with Christianity for long. This cornerstone of critical theory revises the definition of truth and ultimately mankind himself. Instead of being creations of God that conform to God because we are in his image, critical theory would suggest that we either aren't in the image of a potentially imaginary God, or we could never know what that image should look like. It would all just be competing interpretations based on competing power. You can find more in-depth interaction with the troubling tenets of critical theory and links at the end of this article. The reasons the real truth is enough. The second reason I think Christians need to drop critical theory is that Christians do not need it. I understand how some may respond with skepticism here. After all, how come the church has failed in so many areas surrounding justice and society and loving their neighbors over the years if we didn't need more tools or better ones. As I said above, I feel the weight of that thought. However, the failure of a past generation to apply the word well to their context does not mean that there was a problem with the scriptures. The fact that so many Christians in America were once okay with their racism and their Christianity at the same time wasn't because Galatians 2, 11 to 21 or James 2 wasn't in their Bibles. Their problem was ignoring these passages and explaining them away. And if someone has been Using their screwdriver to hammer in nails, the problem was never with the screwdriver, it was with the person that was too dumb to pick up the hammer. We ought to see the hot points and that our culture is pointing out and run right towards them with the good word that the scriptures supply for us. So don't shout down critical theory because you don't like it. Don't run away from it because that one politician you hate utilizes it or because it makes you uncomfortable. You engage with it and the question it raises and we give it the full truth of the scriptures above it. See Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. What the world actually needs from the church is for the church to read the entirety of God's revelation with an interpretive grid that takes it all seriously. The world needs us to act like all of the Bible is God-breathed and profitable. We need to use an interpretive grid that digs deep into the context of the scriptures, when they were written, how the New Testament interprets and applies the old, and then not to be afraid to follow suit. Love your neighbors and neighborhoods enough to stand on the truth and communicate that truth to them in humble, clear love. But to do that, you have to first believe that the scriptures really do speak to every facet of our lives. You must believe that God gets to tell you how you should treat your wife, how a boss should pay employees, how you should worship on Sunday, and how a governor needs to behave. 
You have to believe that the scriptures cared about dead people in alleys, streets, and little people in wombs, not just the way that you pray. You have to believe that the scriptures tell you about war, work, worship, men, and women. Not only must you believe, but you must show to the world that you can care about these things. You will not shy away from them, and that God does have the truth that will save humans and set them up for good in this present age. The world doesn't need more avoidance on tough issues. The world doesn't need more boilerplate responses. The world does not need to be told what it wants to hear. The world does not need to be told what it already thinks. The world doesn't need the church to stay comfortable. The world needs justice with a capital J. And only God's justice comes with that.